Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. You need to get out there and investigate. The point is, is that uh, people that give you work uh, are important and your job is to stay employed. That's just the name of the game. Work is life. I mean, there's nothing more important than it. And, and so these are the steps you need to follow right now to get access to work. And I'm going to go through this and, uh, and I'll go through it in a lot of detail. But, you know, why do people have such a hard time getting access to work? And why is it, why do people not have work? And why do people, why are people, you know, having problems with that in law firms and so forth? And uh, there's four things. Uh, so your, your identity, uh, your attitude towards work, uh, waiting for things to happen uh, in, ter- in terms of instead of doing something about it and um, not knowing what to do um, in order to ha- keep access to work. That's it. So um, that's what I'm going to talk about today. Um, this hopefully will be uh, transformative uh, for your outlook on all this. And I hopefully my goal right now is to save your career and make you uh, extremely successful. And I know that I've done that with a lot of people because they tell me uh, in the future when they've reached these heights of power. And this is a kind of information uh, that's going to help you do it. I'm certainly not going to do it. And this is information is just stuff that I've observed, but I want to help you uh, become the absolute best you can be. And that's what I'm going to try to do today. So the first thing, uh, a lot of people have identity problems uh, that are helping, stopping them from getting access to work. And uh, when I was in law school, because I created work for myself, always have, uh, I'm creating work right now. I mean, this is work. I mean, who's creating work, but I was creating work when I was in law school. I decided when I was a second year law student to spend my weekends and uh, vacations driving all over the United States and my uh, 25-year-old car uh, interviewing personal injury attorneys because I was interested in it. I thought I wanted to do that for a living. And I decided that if I was going to do that for a living, I needed to know something about it which is exactly what you should be doing in any practice area you're interested in. No one does this. People would just wait for things to fall down on them. I mean, no, you need to get out there and investigate. But this is what I did when I was in law school. I also went into some large cities to do interviews. And by the way, this book I wrote, I think it was like uh, 400 pages. And uh, unfortunately, there wasn't grammar software and everything back then. And uh, by the time when I, anyway, it's very funny how how, uh, many errors it had in it. Uh, when I turned it in. But um, anyway, I drove into these small towns to interview attorneys. And when I was going into these small towns and the ones I picked, and I picked ones that I had some sort of connection with. So maybe they had also gone to University of Virginia Law School, or maybe they were in Pennsylvania and I saw they were from Detroit, which is where I'm from. I just did you know, other ways to kind of connect with them. And I decided I would interview people in different parts of the country. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able, I only got as far as uh, Chicago and, you know, maybe uh, North Carolina in my car. Uh, I never made it to the West Coast. But when I drove to these small towns, um, I, you know, towns, you'd see billboards on the highway uh, advertising these people. Uh, I would also see them on television when I was staying in these cheap hotels at night, lying on the bed watching TV. And again, when I would go into these small, mid-sized towns, the most successful attorneys were all personal injury attorneys. It wasn't the, the corporate attorney and the the person sitting around uh, acting like a big deal, but the uh, the criminal law attorney was always a personal injury attorney, and um, and all these attorneys got work because they only did one thing. 
They, they knew how to get access to work. It's just like that uh, Frank Kern seminar. Doesn't even matter that they're what the, the quality of the personal injury work. It's just about getting the candidate, the person in the door. Do you know what personal injury attorneys do, by the way? This is a great racket. I just want to give you some, some understanding of how it works. Because I know a lot of very successful personal injury attorneys, and I freaking can't believe it. All they do is you come in and um, and you tell them you have a doing some accident. Sometimes we'll send out an accident investigator to the scene, but they'll basically file a lawsuit. And um, and 98% of the cases that they take, sometimes more settle, and they take 40% of your money plus cost. And they have a way of getting money, but they, they can do you know thousands of these at one time. It's an incredible profession. You can make a very good living if that's what you're interested in doing. So there are a lot of professions like this, but these personal injury attorneys, all they're doing is getting access to work. There's um, all over LA, it's the funniest thing. You should see these billboards. Um, they're on buses, they're on, because it's free money. I mean, you you fought, you spend $350 to file a lawsuit for someone that's in an accident and get some medical bills and stuff. And uh, my a guy that works for me, I couldn't believe it. He's, um, he, he uh, comes around and, um, you know, does, does like maintenance, like uh, lawn, lawn, you know, like not lawn care, but, uh, you know, blowing leaves around and, uh, you, you know, that that's, you know, power washing and stuff. And, and he was in an accident, he was in his pickup truck, and someone rear ended him. Uh, he wasn't even hurt, but someone's like, Oh, you got to get a lawyer. So he went to this lawyer, and the lawyer told him to go to a chiropractor. And the guy got him like over $100,000 settlement for nothing. And this happens all day. Well, that means that actually he got a hundred. So that means the settlement must have been like 150. I don't know what the math is, but this is imagine making or 200. I don't know, but imagine doing this all day. This is how this is insane. This is, but this is how much money is going around of free money in this business. But these personal injury attorneys know how to get access to work. And um, they're very good at getting access to work. And, um, and this is the entire name of the game. Um, who cares how you get the work? There's nothing wrong with putting a billboard on the highway. Uh, you know, you need work. It's all there is to it. Again, most attorneys with large prestigious firms would never think for a minute about doing this sort of advertisement. And they would make fun of these personal injury attorneys. They would think that, oh, my goodness, there's something wrong with them uh, for for doing that. There's something, you know, the, the, there's something very strange about that. And, uh, um, you know, and what's wrong with them? They're, these guys are losers. They're, they're um, you know, it's very funny. Like there was a, uh, this business organization I'm part of, uh, this guy that I know is a personal injury attorney and tried to apply and be part of one of the chapters of it. And uh, the chapters were like, we would never have a personal injury attorney because it's just like frowned upon, but it's like, whatever, you know, like I, he didn't, he didn't care. I mean, uh, very successful. And uh, I think this guy, the guy went to Stanford law school. I mean, it's no one cares. I mean, personal injury attorneys are, are taking care of themselves. They know how to get work. It's very good. It's a very, a very important skill. Uh, they do whatever it takes. They put uh, billboards on highways. They, uh, they survive and they're on top of the, they're on top of the world. A lot of them, some of them have, jets and I mean, multiple jets and huge car collections and big houses and, and whatever. Now, does that mean they're happy? No. But I mean, is it uh, does it show that getting work has financial rewards? Yes. Does it show that you can get work regardless of where you went to law school? And if, if you're able to do it or regardless of your background? Yes. Does it show you can get work regardless of how you did in your LSATs and SATs or where? Yes. Yes, it does. It all proves it. It's all proves the game is about getting work. 
Come on. Like, this is all that matters. You have to get work. This People don't understand this. And then they make fun of people uh, that don't have access to work. So it was funny, like, like I was uh, working for a, a, a very important partner in a, in a very prestigious firm uh, not too long ago. And um, they had an office in some city. I don't know where it was. It was in um, Houston or something. And, um, and they only had a couple of attorneys there. And the two attorneys there had these incredible qualifications. I mean, just they were... Um, this and that, I mean, in terms of their background. And so I got on the call with these guys and uh, they were like, you know, we couldn't believe it. Uh, we, you know, we, we investigated you and, um, you know, we went to your blog and we found out that you wrote an article uh, and the article I think was written in 2005 about getting colonics or something. And it wasn't even about me getting a colonic. It was just a, kind of a funny article. And um, we're very offended by that and, and, uh, and don't know how you could possibly uh, you know, help us, you know, staff our office or whatever in Houston. Um, and, um, and I was like, okay, well, that's, you know, that's your problem. Uh, but, and, and really, realistically, I mean, I was, you know, smart enough to see through it. They were threatened because they kind of had this little office down there and no one was competing with them and they didn't want other people. So they were attacking me and finding reasons to do it, uh, which is fine. Um, again, I saw it for what it was, but then I told the partner about it and he goes, yeah, you know, that's amazing that they would do that. And he said the same thing, that they were threatened. And essentially why they were doing that was because he said, I've been giving these two guys uh, work their entire career. They are partners because of all the work I give them. They don't have any work of their own and they're getting all the work from me. And um, and so essentially what they were doing is they were trying to undermine me because they were worried that if if I was able to build up their office, then uh, then they would no longer have his work or something, which might have been true. The point is, is that um, people that give you work uh, are important. And, um, and and it matters more than the school you went to. It matters. Uh, well, that's not the point. The point is that um, that uh, you, if people try to protect access to work, I guess, is one thing. And uh, But anyway, it matters more than the school you went to. It matters more than your previous experience. Nothing is more important than knowing how to get work. And again... All day, uh, every day, talk to people um, that were formerly partners of big firms, associates who lost their jobs and quit. Um, and again, so many people are caught up with prestige, their image, their brand, um, and are even afraid to apply to any job that is not a prestigious, well-thought-of firm. Now, that is insane, too. So when people, um, this, this is how... Like a BCG, like we have, um, and this is very funny, actually, I, I guess, but we have, we rank candidates and firms at a scale of one to five. And five just means, you know, that your clients will pay you whatever you, you bill them. And they that, that firm has the highest possible uh, hiring criteria and, you know, meaning probably one in a thousand attorneys could even consider applying there. And then your fours are kind of your AMLA 100, 200 firms. And then, you know, you're most of them. And then your threes are kind of your mid-levels. And um, and as you go, but anyway, so if you take a four candidate uh, or, or a five, like they will never in a million years consider going to a firm that's ranked, uh, the five candidate would never consider going to a four, the, the, the four would never consider going to a three. And so they just they just sit there and they, uh, if you send them a, a, a firm beneath them, they think, oh my gosh, uh, Harrison is, uh, you know, really, really lost it here. He sent me a firm that's not as prestigious as, and then they sometimes will even be insulted and be like, I'm not going to work with this firm. I'm recruiting firm. Why would they do this? And um, again, 
people are so caught up with the prestige, they don't understand the whole freaking idea. And the reason I'm sending them firms that may be a little below is because I know these firms have work because they're interviewing people and stuff. And if you're if you're at a big firm right now, like let's say you were just let go from Goodwin and you don't have any work. Well, guess what, guys? All the people that were laid off the last time Goodwin laid off a lot of people, a lot of those people became solo practitioners and all sorts of things because they're all caught up. They're there in Boston, went to Harvard and everything. They're all caught up in their prestige and never thought about maybe working at a less prestigious firm. Well, if you keep access to work, that's what you need to do. This is what it's all about. It's not about you and your ego. It's about uh, in your brand and your image. It's about having something to do and not losing your job and, and looking like a freaking nightmare and not getting hired by future firms. This is what the game is. So when Harrison's sending you firms, like he's sending you places that he knows have work, not because he's insulting your image. Like, come on. Like, this is insane. You, people are unemployed because they don't know where to, because they're not looking at places with work. They're only concerned about their image and their prestige and their brand. Absolutely insane. If you are unemployed, you need work. Come on. Like if you're going to lose your job, you need work. You don't need to worry about the fact that someone said something bad about your firm on some stupid blog you're reading about six months ago, or some uh, some memo went out three months ago about how uh, someone said something at the firm that was sexist or whatever, or, or against uh, your political beliefs or party. I mean, come on, you need work. And this is what the game is all about. It's not about uh, your ego. It's not about politics. It's not about, it's about finding a firm that's going to have work for you to do because you look up to and respect and, and care about the people that have work. This is all that matters. Wow. So ridiculous. Uh, people will spend months on the couch trying to get meetings, sitting around going to coffees and, and things and talking to people and uh, talking to the therapist or their or their freaking employment coach or resume counselor or, or whatever, um, and, and doing nothing uh, because they think they're so special because they went to a great law school, worked at some big firm, and they can't even consider working at a less prestigious firm. Are you out of your mind? Like the thing is, is that a, a career, a legal career, and I say this all the time, I, I read stuff every day. Oh, this new drug was discovered that can, uh, you know, increase your lifespan by 10%. This this is doing this every day uh, will increase your lifespan. I mean, you people now that are born, uh, and I said this last week, lifespan of someone that's born now it could be like up to 150 years, I think. So, I mean, come on. So the average attorney, I've placed people at very prestigious big firms that are in their 80s and have business. So if you are 27 years old, that means you're going to be practicing probably another 50 plus years. Okay, so is it really a big deal if you go to a less prestigious firm for a few years at the age of 27 or 28? What in the world? Or would you rather be unemployed and, and have a black mark on your resume and have a very difficult time? I mean, come on, like this is crazy. You know, uh, wow. Um, you know, why would you need to go to a firm like the one that doesn't want you anymore? I mean, let's be honest here. You can't you can't keep up with this this charade. Do you want to take back control of your legal career? We have a solution for you. Harrison Barnes, the number one legal recruiter with over 20 years of experience, hosts weekly webinars followed by live Q&A sessions every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. These webinars are packed with helpful information that you can use to advance your legal career. Best of all, 
After each webinar, Harrison stays for as long as needed in order to answer every question. But I got another thing here. Law students. Law students are thinking, this happens on every week on these calls. There's, there's law students that ask questions and say, oh, boy, I went to a top 10 law school. And uh, unfortunately, um, you know, I didn't get a summer associate job at a big firm. Is my career over? Or I didn't get a summer associate job at any firm. Is my career over? No, of course not. Your career is going to be three times longer than you've freaking been alive. No, nothing is over. You just need to find some place that has work. And you can. With 25,000 plus law firms and hundreds of thousands of solo practitioners, there is work everywhere. I mean, wow. Uh, There's so much freaking work out there. Like, you have to be crazy not to know that, see all the work. So no, you do not need to worry if you're a summer associate or, or didn't get a summer associate job. You have to find a job. So my experience, if an attorney starts out their career at a major important firm, pick the most prestigious firm you can think of, the odds are much less, meaning uh, that in several years out of law school that the attorney um, who's going to start their job uh, at a big firm is going to be practicing the one that started their job at a lesser firm and has gone to a lesser law school. That's right. So uh, the point here is, is if you go to a good law school and start at a big firm, you're much less likely to be practicing law several years from now than you would be if you uh, went to a lesser law school uh, and, um, and, and started your career at a lesser firm, meaning it's actually an advantage. I mean, just this is just taken from Harrison, um, who has personally reviewed over 750,000 resumes, which is half of the attorneys in the freaking country that have applied to work with me. Um, I've reviewed their resumes because they've come in. This is the conclusion that I've reached after doing that personally. There's no other person on earth that's re- ever reviewed that many legal resumes. This is what I've done. That is my conclusion. You are much less likely. If you think you're really smart and great because you went to work at a big firm, you are much less likely to be practicing law at all um, than several years from now than if you uh, didn't go to the best law school and, uh, and didn't start at a big firm. That's just what it is. Now, why is that? I mean, there's a bunch of different reasons for that, but I hear it all the time. I'll tell you two quick stories because, I mean, I, I don't want to tell stories all day, but I, I think uh, I, I do like teaching through stories to some extent. I talk to candidates all the time. So, you know, someone will be at a big firm in New York. Maybe I can think of one example. Recently, I was talking to some woman that had worked at a Schulte Roth and um, and she had, uh, what did she do? I don't know. She'd moved to uh, San Francisco or where maybe it was a San Diego. I don't know. But uh, somewhere in California, uh, wicked smart, took the bar without even hardly studying, which I would not recommend by any stretch of the imagination. If you move to California, you need to spend at least five or six weeks doing nothing but studying for that bar, uh, even but um, just piece of advice. But um, but this woman did it somehow. I mean, just incredibly smart. But the point is, is that she got got a couple job offers and she was like, and uh, was she from Schulte? She might not have been Schulte, actually. I think she might have been a Paul Weiss. There's another one I'm thinking. I think she was a Paul Weiss or some very prestigious firm. And she said, and she went to Columbia. And then I got her these offers. And she said, you know, I've been talking to some people back in New York. And those firms really uh, don't have very good names. So, you know, I think I'm going to 
um, you know, and I don't know what firm she got an offer. I'm going to Wilson's. I mean, not Wilson's, but you know, good, decent firms. And um, and so I think I'm going to pass. I, I just I I don't know that that's good for my brand to have that on my resume. And I was like, Are "You freaking kidding me!" Like, and I kept calling her, and um, I um, I wanted to keep her hooked, and uh, and uh, and so I I invited her out to where I live in Malibu, and I had a like a rental house there, and then I let her stay there with her fiance for a couple of days because I wanted to meet with her. I mean, this is what I do for my candidates when I just think they're making huge mistakes. And I wasn't uh, at that point; she turned down the offers. I was just trying to talk her into not giving up because I didn't understand what she was doing. Again, I mean, this is nothing Harrison trying to hook up or anything. She was with her fiance um, who was actually Scottish and wearing a skirt, which is very funny. Um, but uh, anyway, so the, uh, and I don't think they wear them normally, but he had, um, he thought it was kind of fun going around uh, uh, with that. Uh, I don't know. But the, anyway, the point is, is that, um, and, and she didn't take a job because she won, was cared about what other people thought. And I see this all the time. I had another instance where an, another woman did the same thing from uh, from a New York firm. She'd been at, uh, ah, where was it? I mean, uh, you know, another one of these top firms, you know, and, um, and she moved to uh, Ohio and uh, got a job with uh, a really good firm there. Not Jones Day, but something similar and um, said the same thing. And the point is, is that what these two women did, the one woman, um, the one whose husband was wearing a skirt, uh, which anyway, our boyfriend, um, she decided that she was going to do something like uh, go into a different profession entirely rather than practicing law at, her, at a less prestigious firm. That didn't work out. And now she's at home raising a child, and that, which is fine. I mean, I'm not, she gave up because it wasn't as prestigious. I see the same thing. The woman, the woman in, um, that didn't take the, the job uh, that moved to Ohio uh, did something similar. Like I, I looked her up and I don't know, she was selling candles or something like that she was making on um, some website. I don't know, like this, um, you know, you sell, I mean, what the heck? Like, really? Like you're working at a $300,000 a year plus job and you're like on top of the world and and all of a sudden you're selling candles or, uh, you know, starting a personal fitness business in San Diego because you don't want to work at a less prestigious firm. But this is what people do. Wow. I mean, this is, happens all the time. And I keep seeing it again. You know, th this is what they do. Um, they um, they become Lexus Nexus representatives. Again, nothing wrong with that. But there is, if you're making three hundred thousand dollars a year uh, at a job where people you're really using your mind, and then all of a sudden you're making like seventy or eighty working for Lexus, or you're taking a job inside of a company in HR. Which again, there's nothing wrong with going to HR. I have a lot of respect for HR. Uh, a lot of very good attorneys uh, go into HR, and a lot of you know in law firms or in companies. But again. Um, it's different than, uh, and, it, and there's more personal contact and they're more happy. But again, uh, it's, it's not something uh, that makes a lot of sense if you're uh, uh, representing, um, you know, uh, Samsung in an antitrust suit and uh, taking depots of, uh, you know, top corporate executives. And all of a sudden you, you go and you're inside a company and you're reviewing uh, resumes for forklift operators. I mean, come on, give me a break. Some people like to take time to travel and figure out what to do as if their job's going to wait for them and the and they're more important than than that. Or uh, some people I've seen, you know, work as insurance company. I mean, uh, there's nothing wrong with any of this. You're not practicing law anymore. And these people from the lesser law firms and lesser law schools just keep plugging away. It's amazing. 
I used to teach and uh, be a professor or whatever, adjunct professor, whatever you call it, at this law school called Whittier Law School. I, I took this job, applied for it and interviewed for it when I was a first year associate. Why did I do that? Because I was trying to build up my resume and, and look good. I wanted to look like a good attorney. I mean, like I was committed to the profession. I wanted to teach what I was learning. I wanted to look good to clients. And the law firm I was at like was like, we've never seen anybody do this. What, are you serious? Like, I was like, yes. And I still build, you know, whatever hours, a lot of hours more than I needed to. And I still, uh, but I did it. But anyway, the point is, is that Whittier, I thought I liked my students. I thought they were good students. But at the time, it was not ranked a very high law school. And no one was getting jobs out of there. And, uh, and not only that, the law school has since gone out of business, uh, meaning it's closed down because it had such a bad reputation and such a difficult time getting students. Well, you know what? Like I keep following my students because I can look them up uh, in the BCG database uh, because again, there's a lot of people in there and they are all, most of them, the ones that I had that, that I remember, which is, you know, out of teaching there a couple of years, I remember maybe 30 and, uh, and uh, practicing law and having good careers. One of the worst ABA law school there was uh, and a law school. And again, I'm not trying to defame any schools here and a school that is not respected and was so bad it went out of business and literally had no those people still practicing law. Whereas uh, if I go try to look up people from top law schools and things, uh, not as many of them. So think about that. OK, none of this matters. If you think the law school you went to and then when I say they're practicing law, some of them have firms, one of them, uh, my top student. I uh, remember has a firm of like you know 30 attorneys, uh, another guy. Uh, I mean, they, they just keep practicing and they're, they're excited about it. And, uh, and, and, you know, again, they may not be, you know, working in these giant firms. A couple of them are uh, patent attorneys. And, but, you know, again, they're, they're doing well and they're, they're practicing law and they have businesses and they're partners and come on, uh, this is what it's about. And uh, so a lot of people, you know, are unwilling to accept something less than the best possible firm, and they end up just fine, and they keep learning. And why should you quit completely? Uh, you got into a great firm because you had a serious aptitude um, for what you're doing and promise, but that promise is only contingent on keeping work coming and, and working. That's it. You know, people that, um, you know, don't get jobs with top law firms uh, during recessions or when they decide that they want to try to move to a better firm. They say things like, if I could get a job at a top law firm, uh, what, if I can't get a job, what's the point of practicing? They talk about other salaries, not taking a salary cut. This is, I need to make market, not I need to keep working and have work coming in. I need to make market and I'm sick of the hours and I want to try something different. And, and again, uh, the, the attorneys, I think, drop out of, uh, from the top firms a lot of times, drop out of practicing law because their identity is wrapped up with practicing law at a major firm. And they believe they're a certain case or class. And to drop out of practicing law completely uh, rather than be associated with a lesser class or legal environment. And that sort of thinking uh, is messed up. It's sick. It's not smart. It's, it's very wrong. Uh, do you think successful musicians, uh, successful people in any field care about what other people think of them? Why do you care? Why do you care? And, and again, I want to be very clear about this. This is a very important webinar, especially if you're of this type of person. Why do you care what other people think of you? Because your only objective 
is to continue practicing law and to have work and to make money and to have a career. Why do you care if people say, oh, this person went to work at this type of firm, this person is doing this? First of all, that's none of their business. Second of all, people that talk like that uh, are generally the ones that are going to have problems in the long run. But no, you should not care. You need to get off your high horse or worrying about what other people think and just worry about yourself. You cannot worry about other people. And I want to be very clear that you need to really only think about that. Your job is to stay employed. That's just the name of the game and to keep work coming and preferably almost always in a law firm. But if you don't, that's going to be problematical. So, you know, I see people all the time that, you know, one of the things I hate is I'm sorry, but uh, people a lot of times will define themselves for the rest of their career and their lives based on things that they did when they were young. So going to a really good prep school, if someone went to Andover or, you know, or St. Paul's or one of these schools, for some reason, I, I always hear about it. Like you hear about it within an hour of meeting them generally or half hour. I mean, which is okay. I mean, I went to a prep school, but I don't, I don't really care about it. I mean, it's, I certainly don't define myself based on that. I, I know people that, um, and I was fortunate to have done that. And I'm not, uh, I went there, you know, my uh, grandmother would have been a librarian at the school. So I'm not saying I'm like some super rich family or something. But anyway, the point is, is that um, that you can't define yourself on these things. You can't define yourself on where you went to uh, law school. People always say, oh, i you know, I, I was talking to a guy the other day. He's like, I went to University of Virginia Law School. I can't believe that I'm getting paid this amount of money. This is outrageous. Um, and I hired had another woman working for me for University of Virginia Law School. And she's like, oh, I was talking to this candidate and uh, they found out where I went to law school. And I know they were intimidated because I went to such a better law school. No one cares where you went to law school. I mean, none of that matters. They only care if they like you and you're doing good work. That's all that matters. I'm sorry, but no one cares. Just because you got into law school, that means you got good grades. Okay, and you maybe got a good LSAT score, and maybe the LSAT's probably going to be eliminated. So it means you got good grades, or the law school liked you. I mean, whatever. But none of this stuff matters. It doesn't matter where you worked. If you worked at a big firm, I met a guy, uh, I don't know, like a couple of years ago, and uh, all he could talk about was that he worked at, um, I don't know what the firm was, uh, Morgan Lewis or something. I'm like, oh, you worked at Morgan Lewis. Yeah, he kept talking about how he worked at Morgan Lewis. Well, it turns out, He'd been a summer associate there, but then he didn't get an offer. And since that, and then he never worked in a law firm again. He's been working, I don't know, helping sell uh, some sort of uh, program. Right? But anyway, he, he never worked, but he kept talking about that. You don't define yourself. You shouldn't be defining yourself based on these things. And just because you got a job in a big firm, you need to define yourself based on what you're doing right now and the work that you're getting right now. You can't define yourself on that. Uh, people that go to good colleges. I mean, I, I meet people all the time. And that one on Friday kept saying, when I was in college back east, when I was in college back east, well, that always means Harvard, you know, but why? Do, no, you don't need to talk about this stuff. None of this, you need to define yourself based on what's going on right now. Because if you define yourself based on some, the status or class and believe that they fit and keep living this identity for decades, um, you're never going to do anything else with your career. You know, I, I get people that tell, tell me things in Wild Gotcha, no, they're awesome firm. You know, they'll say something like, I worked at Wild Gotcha in the early 90s. Um, do you think um, I can ever get a job practicing a corporate law at a big law firm again? And you ask what they've been doing the past 20 years, and they say a little bit of this and that. And um, again, you're missing being focused on prestige, being focused on where you're a summer associate, being focused on where you're 
currently working, being focused on where you're working in the past, are all things that are going to keep you hung up on the wrong thing. Again, uh, would you rather, you know, it's like saying you would rather walk than not drive in a brand new Ferrari, or you'd rather spend your life alone if you can't uh, date a gorgeous actor, supermodel, or something that's interesting, that appeals to you. These are dumb decisions. These are, these are really dumb decisions, and people make them all the time. You may have made them. And I mean, you get the idea, but staying in a large law firm is not your only option. Uh, practicing law is a very middle-class profession, uh, and attorneys are very middle-class people. Uh, and I, don't, I say that uh, very respectfully uh, because I come out of the same background. I'm not being, uh, you know, prejudice or anything here. But um, it, it's kind of funny, you know, uh, that, well, I'll talk about in a second, but lots of professions are middle class. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. Uh, being a doctor is middle class. An engineer is a middle class. Uh, a lawyer is middle class. And it's what attorneys are. Middle class uh, essentially means you're working for people that most of the time, uh, most big firms that have more money than you. So you're and you're taking their money and uh, and working for them. And and uh, and as a middle class person, you tend to care uh, what other people think. So um, you're concerned with um, with how they you know they look to each other and what what other people think of them and so forth. And people that are from upper class and lower class backgrounds typically aren't like that. And and I'll tell you an example of a funny story. Oh, there's a very interesting show I've been watching about Hunter Biden. Again, don't judge me as politically one way or the other. Uh, it's on Fox Nation or something. I don't know. But um, and I, I just uh, kept seeing ads for it and someone told me. But I mean, this guy, here he is. He's uh, in this. I would say that that's an upper class political family. Here he is uh, smoking crack, making videos of himself with uh, prostitutes, uh, having multiple girlfriends at the same time, like doing all this insane stuff and seemingly not caring. Well, it's the same thing that your, you know, super wealthy rock stars and uh, and other people uh, have been doing for generations. And this, I mean, people that are really high up there tend to not care what other people think about them that as much. Now, he obviously cares. I'm not saying he doesn't, but this is kind of what goes on. Uh, people that are lower classes are, are typically the the drug habits of. And again, I don't say I'm not being prejudiced here against anyone. But, you know, using hard drugs and acting crazy and then going to prison and all these things um, typically are, you know, the lower class kind of things, too. So it's not again, I'm generalizing, but there's people at two sides of the spectrum don't care what other people think about them. And then there's people that care a lot about what people think about them. And those are people like us. Those are law firms. Those are doctors and lawyers. They care what other people think about them because there's a lot of conformity. Uh, in the middle class, and the middle class is concerned with things like where they went to school, where they uh, where they work, the prestige of their employer, because they get their identity from other people's approval of them. And again, I'm not judging that one way or another, but I'm just letting you know that um, that's uh, who we are as a group. 
And um, and so again, because you're like that, you and again, I'm part of the same uh, makeup uh, and not criticizing it. People are very careful about not uh, wanting to drop down the long, long the ladder. Uh, they're also very careful to do everything within their power to not be seen as different. So look at again above the law places like that. They they write these articles. Oh, so and so was spotted doing this, or this law firm they stepped out of line, and this person did this, and like that's all it's about. It's basically and the middle class loves to think, oh well, thank God we're 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 not in that position, and we didn't we didn't say something or something that we said wasn't taken the wrong way. Like this is this is how we think. So. Um, and identities of middle-class people tend to come from part of this group. I'm not criticizing it, but it comes from things like the schools they went to, uh, the neighborhoods they live in, and the people that they work for. And they get security based on saying who they work for. And um, and it's also often controlled uh, by external factors, meaning um, how they look to others based on their degrees and their schools and all this sort of thing. And again, not all attorneys are like that. I'm not being critical of you. But I'm telling you that this is the game you're signed up for. Uh, and this is the game that law firms are playing with each other. Law firms, by the way, I mean, are are, are guilty of this as anyone. Like they compare their salaries. They If one sal- raises their salary, everyone else raises their salary. They, uh, they're they very concerned with their reputation, extremely concerned. And and, they, and their clients are concerned with their reputation and how they pursue. I mean, this is all external stuff. It's all how... We, we care about what others think of us. We care about uh, how we look to others. And again, I meet people like this. I mean, when you meet middle-class people, all they start doing is talking and asking you where you went to school, asking where you work, asking where your kids go to school, asking uh, you know where you did this, where you work. I mean, they, they're just trying to put you into boxes. And, you know, so again, you don't need to be part of this. And I'm telling you, the most successful people in the world, now don't think about Hunter Biden, but think of the people that you admire the most. They don't care. Okay, your most successful writers and politicians, I mean, well, politicians, maybe Trump, but, you know, most most politicians, I would say, are guilty of a lot of this. But the most successful people are people that are trailblazers and don't care about what other people think of them. And you should not. And that's what you should aspire to. But what you should do is just think that not practicing law at the most important at the best firm or the top firm is not that doesn't define you. You define yourself. Okay, and you should think about that. And. Um, and I think that uh, being an attorney and doing what you've trained to do is more important than worrying about what other people think of you. That's my opinion. Uh, because why, why would you give other people's opinions more importance than your own or your career? That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com. 